What do you say, everybody? And welcome to Bama Insider and the Bama Insider Monday Night Quarterback Show. We do this every Monday, and we appreciate you guys for being here and joining us today. I'm Mick Gillespie. I'll be joined by Tony Sukalis. He's the beat writer for the Bama Insider Rivals Alabama site. You can read his work at BamaInsider.com. Update it always on what's going on with Alabama football, basketball, recruiting. We got it all. Andrew Bone, of course, our recruiting expert, Kyle Henderson, and Tony. So, Tony, uh, it's good to see you. Um, we got a lot going on as far as Alabama sports go, but, uh, you know, kind of a somber start to the show today because uh, someone that I, I was friends with, someone that I, that I thought very highly of, we lost um, to COVID-19, and it really is hard to uh, even say that. I, I know that you knew him because we – hung out together all of us at uh r&r cigar it seemed like that felt like every time i was in r&r cigar i'm hanging out with reagan the guy that owns it and his buddy fluffopotamus and uh, luke ratliff who's kind of the face of alabama basketball fandom um just you know it's just unbelievable to me i don't even know what the words are to say uh, because it's someone that i spent so much time around in tuscaloosa and liked so much uh, is gone now. And I think all of Alabama fans, if they knew him like we did, they loved him. And if they didn't know him like we did, but they watched him on TV and, you know, cheering for Alabama, going to all the games, they loved him as well. Yeah, it, it's it's tough to even imagine. You know, when I first heard the news, um, I, it, it, I, didn't, I, I didn't know it was up. I, I didn't, you know, and then you start, it's just everything happens on social media so fast. You find out and uh, – it's heartbreaking because he's a great guy, touched so many lives. I mean, all you have to do is look on social media and see different stories of him. And, you know, I knew a lot of the stories, but, you know, I feel like I, I learn something new about him every day just from another account that you hear uh, uh, somebody that he changed their life for a positive way. He is, you know, I didn't even know him as well as, you know, a lot of people know him. You know, I, we did a podcast together. We hung out uh, at r and Cigar um uh he he would come by after the uh you know after the basketball games he'd come by and he'd talk to the media and the thing i could I, I could say about luke is he's a guy that made you feel like you mattered and it didn't matter if he knew you you know he, he knew me a little bit but um he would always call me tony he wouldn't he, he'd single out everybody by their name it was real personable made sure everybody was doing well they talk with you uh, I remember, you know, I went on the bourbon trail with my wife and, you know, bourbon's a big passion of Luke's. And we, I talked about it with him before I, before we went on, you know, he just talked about it and he gave me some pointers of, you know, where, where to check out on the, on the trail. And, you know, I mean, he's just that kind of guy. He's just a really nice guy. He, he'd never meet a stranger, that kind of guy. And um, it's sad because uh, he's a, he's a young kid. He's, well, I think, you know, just 23 when he, when he passed away and, he meant so much to Alabama basketball, but outside of sports, he just meant so much to the University of Alabama. So it's just really tough to, to lose a, a, anyone, and especially anyone at that age, but especially somebody like Luke. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's like all these memories. I started to try to think about the different trips that I make to Tuscaloosa for our show, uh, the Bama Insider Tailgate Show. And, uh, you know, we did a segment with R&R, &R, and I'm thinking, okay, so I've, I've got to have some pictures with Luke because I was around them so much. And then I realized, like, 
uh, he took a lot of the pictures. <laughs> you know, if you, hey, I need a picture, you know, here's, here's, here's Luke. I, I, t- I tell you, I, I don't hang out with a lot of 23 year olds, um, you know, partly because, you know, I've kind of passed that age of my life, you know, uh, but he was just different. I mean, like he was a mature guy. Uh, I didn't even realize he was 23 and he was still in school until someone was telling me like, you know, uh, fluff, which is what we knew him as like, you know, fluff Apotamus 88 was his, uh, or still is his, his Twitter handle. And they, they're like, you know, um, you know, fluff's like the, the biggest cheerleader for basketball. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm talking about when I first met him and I'm like, okay, yeah. And then I would just, uh, you know me, I'm a reporter. I, I want to know why Alabama basketball is going to be good, you know, and I would just always try to needle him to tell me why. And he he loved the basketball program and he kept convincing me that they were going to be good. And he would tell me why. And, and I would just, you know, uh, be like, well, I don't know, man. I mean, th- we hear this every year, you know, and I'd go back over all the years that uh, Alabama had a lot of hype. And I asked him, you know, why did you come from North Carolina? You could have gone and 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 gone then a Tar Heel and you know won championships and all that. And uh, he just loved Alabama. And uh, it was a trick question. I mean, look, I was glad that he came to Tuscaloosa, but um, you know, who could have imagined that this season would have happened? And it was just really cool to see him kind of leading the charge, even during COVID when there. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, fan participation because of the limitations, but he found a way to get into all the games, and uh, and it was part of that. But he was a lot bigger than just you know going to the games and and cheering for Alabama. And I think you nailed it too. You know, he just was someone that cared. You know, like he just had this ability to like talk to you in a way where it's like personable and uh, and. And, and, and cared about the things that you talked about. You, you say, yeah, like bourbon. I, I was at R&R one time and there was a rap battle going on. And then he had to explain to me like this phenomena that was going on in the world of rap. Like, you know, like I was taking like rap battles 101. Right. And I mean, I had <laughs> I just remember. And by the, the time I left, we had we had put the rap battle on the TVs there and we, we turned the sports off and we're watching and. You know, it was just a lot of fun to to hang out with him. So we're going to miss him. And, uh, you know, just for those of you that didn't get a chance to know him, um, you know, it, it, it's it really is sad. And I know Alabama Nation has just like been in mourning uh, over his loss because we, we just appreciated him so much, you know, and there's been stories written and, uh, you know, we put one on. Bama Insider, Kyle did a nice job with that. Uh, I think the New York Times had one, you know, basically all over the place because he, of, you know, he's, what he's meant to us. And, you know, at the same time, you got to remember, too, with COVID, obviously it's it's still here, you know, and we've kind of – I I mean, I'm guilty. I thought, well, you know what, we're, we're turning the corner with the vaccines, and we are, but we still got to be really careful, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously it – you know, it doesn't normally affect young people like that, but it did him. And, and we're, we're all just kind of, I mean, I know me personally, just cause I knew him so well, I'd just been in a daze. I mean, just kind of like this disbelief that then he's not going to be there next time I go to R and R, you know, or next time I watch a basketball game. And, um, uh, you know, I just can't tell you 
how much I'm going to miss him and seeing him and hanging out with him. And, you know, I mean, it was fun when we had our get together at, uh, at R&R, kind of our private meeting, you know, with all of the staff from Bama Insider. I didn't know Fluff was going to be there, but he came in and was like, just jumped right in with us in our private room and, and, and hung out and was just, just an amazing person. So, um, you know, Godspeed to Fluffopotamus 88. That's, I, the first time you meet him and he's like, you know, I'm, you know, Fluffopotamus. The guy was so comfortable, Tony, in his skin too. I, I just, it normally takes a long time in life to kind of get comfortable with who you are. Uh, not this guy. Knew exactly who he was. I'm sure he had the same issues that all of us have, maybe with insecurities and stuff, but I never saw it. All I saw was a positive, happy, uh, caring individual. Definitely. I mean, you couldn't say it better. All right, well, let's talk a little bit of football here as we change gears. And as you guys watch tonight, uh, give us a thumbs up. That's your way of saying Roll Tide to us as you hang out with us here on Monday Night Quarterback. Subscribe to our channel as well. I mean, we are just surging forward. Uh, this thing is rolling. We are over 50,000 subscribers and growing, and it's because of you guys. And we appreciate everyone so much. And uh, just can't thank you enough for being part of our different shows. And we have something planned for you every week. Kyle and Tony have been just grinding it out with Alabama football as we've gone through spring practice. And, you know, the best part about it is, um, you know, we've got an, an A day game coming up. We've got a football scrimmage we're going to be able to watch, Tony. So let's get into football. Uh, let's start with the offense. And then I'm going to switch gears and talk a little bit defense with you. We knew coming in that the offense was going to be rebuilt. I mean, it just have to be. You lost so many players to the NFL, quarterback, running backs, wide receivers. What have we learned so far about this Alabama offense as we see Bryce Young take control? It's still growing. Uh, when, when you look at this offense, I mean, look, uh, the offensive line, it, it needs to replace three starters and kind of this this spring it's really four starters because you have Emil Ekior out uh for injury so um that's gonna be some there's gonna be some growing pains on the offensive line you, you've heard Nick Saban talk about those you, you're replacing a quarterback you're replacing your dope walker award winner at running back and you know you're replacing two first round receivers at uh you know uh, for two first rounders at receivers so um, there's a lot of growing pains that are going to happen on this offense, but there's a lot of talent that's coming back as well. Um, Bryce Young seems like he's hitting camp in stride, and I think that's what he needs and, and what Alabama needs. And so um, it looks like, you know, I, I don't think we're ever going to hear Nick Saban say, oh, Bryce Young is a starting quarterback. But, I mean, Bryce Young's getting the first team reps. He's doing very well in spring practice, and so I think that's what Alabama wants to see from him. It's looking, you know, the, the, the feedback – you get from Saban, the insider information we've been hearing all points towards Bryce Young having a, a really successful spring. And so if, if he keeps that up, that's a really positive sign for Alabama. Um, you know, moving forward on the rest of the offense, I mean, once they get the offensive line figured out, I think you can really start to see things kind of come into play after that. It'll be interesting to see how the wide receiver positions play out. I, I'm currently expecting them to lean on the side of experience there. But they'll have a lot of talent, you know, and guys like Aji Hall, we've heard, is having a pretty decent spring so far. And speed guys like Christian Leary and, and JoJo Earl is going to come in in the summer. So 
Alabama has its options everywhere across. So we haven't even talked about the running backs, but you know, you know, they, they have probably one of the deepest running back units in the, in the nation. So um, they'll have the pieces. It's just all about putting it back together again because they lost so much this offseason. Yeah, and it's really crazy. You talk about running backs to lose Najee Harris, who is you know, going to be one of the top backs taken in the NFL draft. And you're saying, hey, look, this running back pull with Brian Robinson coming back for a second senior season, I mean, in essence, right? And then all the young guys that you know could possibly be the next star maybe there's two or three next star running backs um you feel comfortable that that spot's going to be filled and that alabama won't miss a beat yeah because it's not just brian robinson it's it's jace mcclellan it's it's keelan robinson who you know i think some people might have forgotten about because he opted out last season but he's coming back he he looks a little bit more buff and so we've already seen what he can do with you know his speed and, and the, his big playability. So if he adds a little bit more pop to his game, that's only going to help. Um, you know, there's kind of an X factor around Trey Sanders. Will he be able to be healthy enough to, to, to play up to his five-star level? If he, if he does, he probably the most talented back Alabama has. Um, and then, you know, there, there's, there's young guys too. Rydell Williams is another young guy. Um, they're bringing in the top back in this year's class and Kamar Wheaton as well. So I look, there's just a, there, there's a ton of talent there. Um, not, not as much experience, but you do get some experience with Brian Robinson, who's a powerful back in his own right. And, and really seems to be hitting this off season pretty well. Uh, we saw, uh, Dr. Matt Reyes, uh, tweet about him, you know, increasing his off season performance. So he, even he looks like he's taking his, uh, game up to another gear. And, and I think that's, kind of what you're going to see is with so much running back with so many running backs uh they're all going to push themselves to do even better so uh i expect alabama to probably only really use three or four of them but um in terms of talent i mean in depth that that's probably alabama's deepest position so overall where we are right now give me a couple of things that you feel like Alabama has done well and tell me where you really feel like they're going to improve before we switch to defense. Yeah, well where they've done well, you know, on offense, I think the the biggest thing you got to circle is that uh Bryce Young's done well. I think that's the that's the biggest positive. Uh that's the biggest, you know, when you look at this next season, um I think it's going to revolve around Bryce Young. And is he going to be able to make plays? Is he going to look comfortable? Is he going to play up to his five-star potential? Because I don't think Alabama's got enough new guys that the last thing they want to do is have a quarterback making mistakes. And so they're going to need him to play kind of beyond his ears and play with confidence. Uh, it's looking like he's been up to the test. So kudos to him for that. I think that's a, that's probably the biggest positive, you know, throughout all of, you know, offense and defense this spring, because it's so important. Uh, the thing that I you know think will improve or needs to improve is, is it's the obvious one. It's offensive line. And it's just because there's so much inexperience there. Um, obviously, it's going to help to have Emil Ekior back. And then I think one of these young guys is going to probably stick or, you know, one of the the guys coming back, like a, like a, like a Tommy Brown, is. I think he can provide some, some depth. It looks like he could play at, the, at a guard position and, you might get a surprise like a Damian George. He's been, you know, playing with the first team at, at tackle. So um, one, one of those things you'd expect would happen, either a young guy, do, you know, kind of gets the ropes faster and is able to produce faster than, you know, 
normal or, or maybe you see a breakout player, but Alabama has also got a lot of talent on the offensive line as well. So um, it's just a matter of kind of getting those best five out there and, and then also getting them to gel. And, and we're really early in that so that they have some time to kind of let that all fall into place. Uh, it, it's not too concerning that things are kind of haywire right now because they've got plenty of time to fix it. Well, still, and then you got the 8A game coming up as uh, Alabama will play at Bryant-Denny Stadium. You actually have to pay for this for once, but it's because they're limited on space. And, you know, look, they didn't have any uh, games last year where they were uh, really making money, you know. So, um, you know, who knows? It's one of those things, but it'll be fun to actually get the teams back out there. Crimson and White, the 8A game on April 17th at Bryant-Denny Stadium. As you guys hang out with us, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel. We love having you here on the Alabama Rivals site, and we appreciate you guys more than you know. You've made this uh, just really uh, an incredibly growing YouTube channel, and we're going to push forward and and just continue to put content on here for all of you guys to uh, be able to hang out with us and watch and talk football. All right, let's switch gears, Tony. Let's talk about the defense. Alabama's defense, I'm thinking, is going to be really good this year. They came on last season, seemed like after the Ole Miss game, maybe the second half of the Georgia game, the, the defense gelled, and all of a sudden they became about as good of a defense as you could have with this spread-style football and all the new rules that they've put out to try to make it you know a, a little less violent, right? Uh, but Alabama returns a lot of depth, and I feel like even with some guys like Patrick Sertain going to the NFL, that they should be really good. What do you think? I, th- I think you're right. I think that's going to be the strength. I think when you look at this Alabama defense, their ability to affect the passer is going to be the key to it. I think you know, the best player, in my opinion, on this defense is Will Anderson, uh, the, you know, who's becoming into a sophomore year. And I think during his freshman season, we really saw him click, started seeing him get to the quarterback uh, for sacks. Um, he led all freshmen in, um, in the nation in sacks last year. And I, I think, you know, he didn't get his first sack until the iron ball. So, um, it just shows you the kind of the light came on for him and he's it's just so elite. I think in the, in the next Alabama is fortunate because they're going to get him for the next two years. But to be honest with you, uh, I think it's only a matter of time before he's a, a top five pick. So Alabama is, uh, I think it's, he's probably the biggest weapon on that defense, but you also got guys like Christian Harris who are talking about being the quarterback of this defense, really calling the shots and, um, you know, being the signal caller on defense and, and taking that presence. I think that's going to be really important for him in his junior year. Um, there might not be a, a star on the, you know, on the defensive line. There's not that standout guy that you know, Quentin Williams, that Jonathan Allen, that, you know, that, that you might have had in the past. But I, I think that there's a lot of capable guys and there sure is a lot of experience. And who knows, maybe somebody like LeBron Ray, um, can, can develop into that kind of really star leading force on the defensive line. But I think you've just got so much depth there that I don't think you even really need to worry about it, that somebody will emerge uh, or, or just it'll overall just be pretty solid. Um, when you move into the secondary, I think, you know, you have to be a little bit concerned about replacing Patrick Sertan because he's one of the best cornerbacks in the nation. But I think you're pretty capable there as well. You've got Josh Job, who's He's not Patrick Sertan, but he's a pretty good cornerback on one side. They'll need to find that replacement for Sertan on the other. Star, you've got Malachi Moore, who is another guy that's going to develop into one of the faces of this defense. And safety, you've got Jordan Battle, who's back for his third season. 
Um, you'll have Brian Branch or DeMarco Hellams or uh, probably DeMarco Hellams, but also Daniel Wright. You got a bunch of guys there that can partner up with, with battle or could play in the money position out of the dime. So Alabama's got a lot of options. Um, they got two Juco guys, one from last year in Ronald Williams, another one in Kyrie Jackson. Those guys can, you know, can provide some experience as well. So it's really only, it's really only, you know, replacing that one spot. Um, it's funny. Alabama has to replace really just one guy at each position, right? So they have to replace Christian Barmer on the defensive line, Dylan Moses at linebacker, and then, um, Patrick Sertan in the secondary. I, I think, you know, it's, it's a lot easier than the task that they'll have on offense. And there's the guy, Nick Saban, kind of overseeing this entire, you know, transformation. And Alabama's proven over the years that under Nick Saban, that there's always going to be that next person to step up. I like this comment here. Uh, in the comments section from Garrett, Christian Barrymore, one of the best defensive players in the draft. Yeah, and I don't know that we were talking a lot about him going into last season, but he just developed into this star player. And, I mean, he could be a first-round pick. And you mentioned a couple of guys that you feel like could possibly be that next person. And for Alabama, having the fa- the pass rush that Barrymore brought to the team, and, and then, look, and other guys, too, um, made the difference going forward and helping them win all their games. Yeah. And he provided it up the middle and, and on the defensive line as well. And that's something that maybe Alabama is going to need to try to replace, you know, it's not, he brought a different kind of presence than, you know, Will Anderson's going to bring off the edge. Um, I, I think when, when you look at replacing Christian Barmore, probably looking, I mean, you'd like to see DJ Dale, kind of take that step and, and be more of a presence and, and less of just a run stopper, but also a guy that can provide more pressure on the quarterback. If he's not the guy, I think you got a guy in Tim Smith that um, that can do it as well. So look, Alabama's got options. Um, and, and I think, you know, having guys like Will Anderson and Chris, Chris Allen on the, on the edge is obviously going to divert attention and then create op- opportunities to pressure up the middle as well. But um Alabama's got a, it's going to have a pretty strong front seven. So even, even after losing Christian Barmore, I wouldn't be too concerned just because they've got so much talent in that front seven. Yeah. Well, and then the fact that, you know, Alabama could even add some guys, have we gotten any updates on what's going on with this possibility of having a one-time transfer waiver? I know we've talked a lot about Henry To'o To'o, but it just feels like it was going to happen and then it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I mean, look, we're still in wait and see mode in that, but um, I think all of them is in great shape regardless of of that situation. Um, we just talked to Jalen Moody today, and look, people forget Jalen Moody looked great last year, and if it's if it's Jalen Moody and Chris. Uh, Christian Harris, I don't think Alabama is in bad shape. In fact, if they get Henry Toto, he's going to have to beat out Jalen Moody, and, it, and that's not going to be an easy task for him. I mean, you look at Jalen Moody, he's yeah, I think he's heading into his redshirt junior season. Is, isn't that it? Or our senior season or something like that. And so um, he's a guy that knows the defense really well. He's performing. He's a hard hitter. Um, you know, I think I'd, I'd be just as excited about him. So there's the, you know, adding Henry to a toe. No one's going to say no to that, but Alabama's already stacked. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be fun to see how things come together. The offense kind of building from scratch, it almost feels like, with new quarterback, running back, wide receivers, you know, so much talent gone, and offensive linemen. Defense, it's like, you know, hey, it might be a little bit more of one guy, and but the depth that they have on defense should be 
uh, a strength for Alabama as they open up against Miami. But we're trying to get through the 8A game. That'll take place on April 17th, and we'll have you covered all the way through spring practice with Tony Sukas. I'm Mick Gillespie. Great hanging out with you guys for Monday Night Quarterback. We've been doing this every Monday night for a long time now, and we're glad that you guys are here with us. Make sure you give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the Bama Insider YouTube channel. Also, if you're listening to the podcast right now, give us a five-star rating. We, uh, we pop these on any platform where you get your podcasts after the show's over. So it'll be on Spotify and Apple and everywhere else. Uh, Tony, let's talk position battles. We, we thought coming in that the position battle that we'd all be watching was for the quarterback spot. Uh, we'll start there. Uh, Paul Tyson obviously would like to be the quarterback, right? And maybe Bryce Young back him up, but we're all expecting Bryce Young to be the QB. And and Saban's talked a lot about Bryce Young and his press conferences. But let's start with that and then give me some position battles that we should keep an eye on. Yeah, like I said, I I never really expected that one to be a a position battle per se because I just really – I really thought Bryce Young was kind of the natural replacement just based on the the usage last year. And so – kind of thought it was a situation where if Bryce Young had the opportunity, he wasn't going to blow it. And that's kind of when what's happened this spring. So um, Alabama's got two, actually three talented quarterbacks, uh, scholarship quarterbacks on, on its roster. And, you know, because Bryce Young, Paul Tyson, and also Jalen Milrow. Obviously, Jalen Milrow's got a little bit to go in terms of getting up to the college level. But I think he'll be able to learn behind those two. And, you know, we'll just kind of see what happens. I think it's nice having a really quality backup in, in Paul Tyson, because if anything happens to Bryce Young, I think Alabama is still in decent shape. I think he's a guy that could step up and, and really, you know, keep the offense going. They're obviously totally different quarterbacks, but they're both very capable and very talented quarterbacks. So uh, Alabama is in a great position there. Um, maybe not an experienced position, but in terms of talent, they're in a great position there. Um, the wide receiver position is, is, is interesting, you know, um, how is Alabama going to do that? Uh, how are they going to, you know, make up for, for those two slots left behind by, uh, Devonte Smith and, and, and Jalen Waddle? Uh, obviously we saw Slade Bolden fill in for Jalen Waddle when he got injured last year, kind of expect that to be the case, at least early on in the slot position. I, I know everybody wants to see the freshmen do well. Everyone wants to see, you know, the shiny new toy. And, and so Christian Leary, Jojo Earl, Aji Hall, people want to see those guys start, right? But I, I think it's probably early on, it's probably going to go um, t- tend towards experience. I think you're going to probably see, obviously you're going to see John Mechie the third come back. Um, I think you're going to see Slade Bolden in the slot to start off. And I think you'll probably see somebody like Javon Baker or, or Xavier Williams at that last receiver position. And then who knows, you know, maybe you get a, a, a freshman working his way into that starting rotation um, later on in the season. Um you know, there's also position battles on the offensive line. We've kind of mentioned those, um, you know, I, I think Emil Eckier gets a spot. Evan Neal gets a spot. Uh, it's looking like Chris Owens is going to get a spot, but there's two other spots that are kind of up, up for grabs. So um, Tommy Brown is, is a guy that, that stands out. Um, JVN Cohen is a guy that, that, that could do, that could do a job. Um, you got, obviously you got the two five-star tackles that bring it in JC Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer. Those two guys can do a job. Uh, so, I mean, and Pierce quick, who unfortunately got injured this spring is another guy that I, I'm pretty high on. So Alabama's got a lot of talent there. Uh, running me, back. Well, hold on. Let me stop you right there. I want to talk more about the, the, um, 
offensive line. I mean, you're on a roll and you're killing it. But let me just ask you this. How tough is it? And you've been covering the team for a while. And you talk about just the elite of the elitist offensive line talent coming to Tuscaloosa out of high school. How tough is it for one or both of those guys to break in? I mean, because there are some openings right now. I mean, they're losing guys to the NFL and there are openings, but there are obviously other players that have put their time in. How tough would it be for say uh, Brockemeyer to to slide into one of those spots? And, And how often have you seen that where a true freshman jumps in on an offensive line like this for Alabama? I mean, we just recently, I guess two years ago, saw it with Evan Neal, and right. he's pretty dang good. So, uh, so look, uh, you know, Evan Neal came from IMG Academy. JC Latham came from IMG Academy. A lot of people think that that's kind of the next, you know, he's the next in line of that big guy that um, that's going to be the the next tackle. So maybe maybe JC Latham takes on that uh, right tackle spot. Maybe he moves to guard. Somebody else takes a tackle spot. Um, we've seen it happen before. Um, you know, at, at Alabama several times, Cam Robinson's a guy that, that started right away. So um, it happens, you know, you know, people get roles and um, especially talented kids as, as, as talented as Tommy Brockermeyer and JC Latham, they, you know, they're, they're capable. They come in almost as college players, just in terms of talent. It's really just about how fast are they going to learn the offense? How fast are they going to learn the, the, the blocking tree? The, you know, the, you know, um, will they be dedicated enough to kind of push themselves to do that? Because if they are, you know, I, I think that they have the the talent to, to secure one of those spots. I don't necessarily think both of them, because you got to think too. I mean, Alabama's got a lot of these returning guys that are all really talented guys as well, but I don't think it's inconceivable to see uh, a freshman start for Alabama on the offensive line. I, I think it's probably a stretch to see two of them start, but uh, th- there's definitely probably an opening for one of those guys. All right, well, finish up. You were talking about some other position battles, and I cut you off right in the midst. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so uh, I kind of I was just running it down. I don't necessarily remember where I was, but, you know, I mean, like, uh, tight end. It's kind of a wide-open thing as well when you look at it. You got Jaleel Billingsley, and then, uh, you know, not much certainty after that. Uh, Cam Latu had a, had a good scrimmage, so maybe he he's the guy that steps up after – Billingsley so uh, you know there's just a there's a ton of things I mean on the defensive side of the ball we kind of talked about it they'll, they'll need to have that competition for the the extra cornerback spot or you know there's different ways you could play it on on defense you know you could move theoretically you could move Malachi Moore to you know to cornerback and then uh put somebody else at star right now it looks like Jalen Armar Davis might be that guy at, at the other cornerback position and he's a experienced guy so that that makes sense um there's less kind of position battles on, on, on defense. It'd be interesting. I think one that could be a big one would be the the spot next to Christian Harris. If uh, you know, it's already between, you know, Jalen Moody and, and Shane Lee, but if you were to bring in a Henry Toto, that that'd be a kind of a, a juicy little position battle right there between those three. So um, maybe possibly a defensive tackle, you could see something uh, with, with uh, Tim Smith and, and DJ Dale. Maybe. So, I mean, that, that could be interesting as well. All right. I'm going to ask you, uh, we got a couple super chats. So I'm going to hit these and then we're going to talk about the NFL draft and we didn't have this plan, but you guys in the comments section have been talking about it so hard here. I'm going to ask Tony about the, the trade in the NFL today and how that might affect Mac Jones. But let me start with you, Dwayne. We appreciate the super chat said, I got here late. Talk to me about Trey Sanders real quick, Tony. 
Yeah, so Trey Sanders is trying to come back from a hip injury he sustained uh, during a car wreck. Um, fortunately, he's, you know, <laughs> it wasn't serious enough that, you know, I mean, a car wreck can get really scary, but that happened early last November. Um, I think he's going to be, you know, we, we've seen him kind of go through drills. He's, he's limited this spring. He's not going to do much, you know, it's still, it's still a rehabbing process, but he's making great progress. One would think he'd be ready by the start of the season. I think when you look at Trey Sanders, it's just a matter of how effective is he going to be? Is he going to get to that five-star potential? Um, it, it, he's kind of the biggest unknown because we really haven't seen too much of him. He obviously had a season-ending injury uh, during the fall of his freshman year. We got to see him a little bit last year, and, and I really liked what I saw from from Trey Sanders. I thought he ran the ball really hard. I, I thought I saw a lot of potential. I, kind of the, some of the things I saw in uh, Jace McClellan, I, I saw in Trey Sanders. And I think, you know, with his experience, you'd have to think that he could be one of the biggest, uh, you know, talents in that room. So I think, you know, if we get a fully healthy Trey Sanders, I'm not convinced that he won't be the, the top back by the end of the season. It's just a matter of, what is Alabama getting in, in, in Trey Sanders? Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe as you hang out with us on the Bama Insider YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast, five-star ranking. That's a, a way that you say roll tide to us. And it's available anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify. Don't forget to BamaInsider.com, latest information on recruiting with Andrew Bone, Tony Sukas, and Kyle Henderson, always tracking down anything with Alabama athletics. All right, Tony, last thing we're going to get into, I'm going to let Jersey Dolphins kind of take us exactly where we're going to finish up the show. He says, uh, evening, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed your Easter, right, or everyone enjoyed their Easter. Look, you're saying, hey, that's not a question, right? Well, I'm going to say since, you know, Dolphins, NFL, right? Bama in the NFL. And I'm transitioning right into today's trade. Sam Darnold was was traded to Carolina. Uh, how does that affect or does it affect the draft at all and where this guy right here might end up? Mac Jones. Um, if he goes – if, if the, the rumors are about, about – uh... San Francisco, if, if those are true, it doesn't affect him at all. Obviously, he'll go number three. If San Francisco goes in a different direction, obviously this trade would kind of hurt Mac Jones because it took it takes away a team that needs a quarterback. Because uh, obviously now you don't see Carolina, you know, trading for or you don't see them drafting a quarterback after trading for Sam Darnold. So it takes away one of the potential suitors for for Mac Jones. Um, yeah, I think there's a weird case of Mac Jones where he could go number three or he could slide because I, I don't know exactly how every NFL team views him. I mean, uh, we talked to Todd McShay uh, this morning and he, he was very fascinated by Mac Jones's, uh, you know, draft situation because he can see him going at number three to San Francisco or sliding all the way to number 15 at New England. I, I personally think that, He's not going to slide too much. Uh, I think maybe the base would be somewhere around the 10 or 11 mark because I just don't think any quarterback in the top five is going to get past that 10 or 11 mark. Um, the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks, whether Mac Jones is one of those or not. Um, so let's just say he's not. Let's worst case it because it's really easy. I mean, if he's, if he's going to be in that top three, it'll be three to San Francisco. Let's say if he's not, um, you start looking at what would a Denver want him at nine. Uh, if not, the, would the Patriots want him? Um, I don't know if, if Atlanta will, will actually take a quarterback, but they're another team that's in that conversation. And 
you know, you, you look at the Patriots at 15, maybe he goes to the Patriots, but I doubt he goes, if, even if he did go to the Patriots, I doubt it's at 15. I doubt, I, I think it's probably more at, at an 11 or an eight, because I think you're going to see the Patriots trade up. Um, you look at the Sam Darnold trade, it, it made it easier for a team like the Patriots, or I, I guess maybe uh, the Red, uh, the, the Washington, um, you know, uh, possibly the Bears. It makes it easier for a team to trade up because the it might not cost as much now that you don't have Carolina in there as a possible team to pick a quarterback. Uh, that being said, you know, obviously Mac Jones would have rather the Panthers not do that trade and, and be a possibility to draft him at eight. I still don't think he falls that 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 far. I think, you know, he either gets drafted. He, he might get drafted at eight now, but it might be by the Patriots or by, you know, a team that trades up to eight, you know. So we'll, we'll just kind of have to see what happens there. I still kind of think he's going to go number three overall to the 49ers, and that would probably end that discussion. So it, it wouldn't matter at all. So there's a few scenarios for you right there, but um, I can't see it really affecting uh, Mac Jones all that much in terms of, especially not in terms of money, because uh, you know he's going to be in the in the top part of the first half, uh, the, the top part of the first round of the draft. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Tony, it's been fun on Monday Night Quarterback. What can we expect from you this week? Yeah, so uh, obviously uh, we'll keep you posted with all the, you know, coverage of fall camp. Um, and, and then I'll, I'll have any draft coverage that happens, you know, if, if that affects Alabama. And, um, you know, Andrew Bone's going to have some recruiting. Uh, you know, check out his show tomorrow and we'll just keep you posted like 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 normal. Awesome. Well, Alabama getting closer and closer to that spring showdown at Bryant-Denny Stadium on April 17th. And we'll have you covered. Don't forget the latest recruiting with Andrew Bone. Bone is lining up some special guests this week. That's all I'm going to tell you. A little teaser. But uh, stay tuned to Bama Insider and the Bama Insider YouTube channel to find out who that could possibly be. Kyle Henderson will be covering practice and Nick Saban's press conferences and all that stuff. He's Tony Sukalis. I'm Mick Gillespie, and we appreciate you guys so much. Thumbs up and subscribe. And if you're listening to the podcast, again, give us a five-star Roll Tide ranking, and thank you so much. All right, guys, uh, until we talk again, thanks.